Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another amazing guest with me tonight. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. He's a journalist. I mean, his name is Jason Hewitt. He's a journalist, broadcaster, and podcaster with a degree in filmmaking and film studies. A lifelong interest in the paranormal led him to join Vancouver Paranormal Society in 2017, where he was a lead investigator and society director until 2020, when he and a colleague, Peter Wren, launched the Canadian Paranormal Foundation. In 2021, Jason became the manager of the Paranormal Network, a YouTube channel dedicated to high strangeness. He is the writer, director, and co-creator of the award-winning paranormal reality series, We Want to Believe, narrator for the UFO show, and co-host of Hunting, for, Hunting the Haunted, which are all of which are on the Paranormal Network. In 2020, Jason and Peter co-authored the best-selling book, I Want to Believe, One Man's Journey into the Paranormal, which highlights Peter's career as a paranormal investigator. Their second book, I Want to Believe, an Investigator's Archive, was released by was released by Beyond the Fray Publishing in October. And if you guys want to check out Jason's stuff, his YouTube channel is uh, Beyond the Paranormal. Or yeah, is that? I know the. Yeah, I, sorry, I messed that up. Um, and uh, and I'll have all the links in the, in the in the description. Jason, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm doing great, Robert. Thank you for having me on. Um, I, I'm I'm really interested in the paranormal. I, I have a lot of people on my shows about the paranormal, and I, I get into it, and, and, and there's a lot of, you know, issues, instances of high strangeness all over the world. And um, But what got you into investigating, like, high strangeness in general? It was just, I think, like, almost anybody that, that gets into this stuff, you have things happen to you. You, earlier in life when you're a kid and you know or young adult that you can't really explain or there's some kind of event that triggers everything so I, I had a couple things go on when I was kind of growing up that I couldn't really explain away or get chalked up to like you know a rational explanation and it just kind of kicked in my entire fascination with it basically and that just, yeah I just started you know reading books on the paranormal watching shows growing up like Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World and you know in search of and it just kind of went from there and then and you guys started a YouTube channel. Um, we we want to believe, and the and how, what started that? Like, what, did was it because of Peter's career as a paranormal investigator? Well, it's kind of it, it's a roundabout story, Robert. Actually, because like Peter and I kind of met in 2017 when he was uh, president of Vancouver Paranormal Society, and I I joined their group as someone in the interior of British Columbia. I'm in the west coast of Canada for yeah. people who don't know that and peter and i met and really hit it off and he was had been approached many times by like you know netflix discovery channel to kind of do a, a ghost hunting show right because they're very popular and he's has more than like almost 30 years experience all over the world investigating this stuff um, but he's always turned it down because most of these shows they're kind of they're very hollywood they're played up there's fake scares they're, they're trying to, you know, every week they find a ghost or a demon or something like that. And that's just not the reality of doing this. So Peter and I decided to do a podcast. We thought that'd be an easy way to kind of, you know, tell Peter's story and talk about the, the investigations we've done in a podcast form. So we were investigating this hotel with the notorious stuff. And to promote the podcast, I did a Facebook live video just saying, hey, you know, we're here on location about to do an investigation with the team, blah, 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 blah. I have a friend of mine named John Fallon who uh, he's the creator of Arrow in the Head, which is the largest horror movie news website in the world. It's part of the Joe Blow Movie Network, joeblow.com. 
and they've been getting big into YouTube. And he watched that live hit and he talked to Berge Garavedian, who's Joe Blow himself. And uh, he was like, you know what? Like that would make a great YouTube show. And we'd like you to do it for our new channel, Joe Blow Horror Videos. So we, I talked to Peter and he agreed and we put together a film crew and started filming episodes just before COVID hit. Um, so we were able to get kind of a first group of episodes in the can. We, we ran on Joe Blow Horror Videos for about a, almost the better part of a year. And they decided, they created another couple paranormal theme shows, like the UFO show that I was narrating. And the decision was made that be, these shows would be better served on a YouTube channel dedicated to paranormal content. So they created the Paranormal Network, uh, which these shows were on, and we developed some other programming for them. And then in May of uh, this year, I took over as manager of that channel because I figured I kind of had the qualifications and the background to kind of run it. So that's how we want to believe really became a web show and how all these other shows just kind of started. Yeah, and uh, what I, I like what something you said when you first, uh, you said that you guys were doing it because, you know, a lot of the stuff on in Hollywood was like, kind of it's kind of played out right like like you said there's fake ghosts like well like on my channel i'm searching for the truth i'm trying to search for the truth of what happens to us when we pass away that's really one of my biggest questions and i know it can't be answered but i've done a lot of studies on i've had a lot of people on about near-death experiences and obes and reincarnation and so you know i i but i'm looking for the truth about the paranormal as well and that's why i wanted to have you on the show because you know you guys have dug deep into this and like I, I've had other people on too, so I have an idea of what the truth is. But like, what when you when what, what do people need to know about? What would you say the truth is about paranormal investigating? Well, the, the truth is, it's nowhere near as exciting as what you see on television. <laughs> like, it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's very um, <laughs> it's it's very. We look at it like detective work. Like we we take it very seriously. We, we approach it with kind of a skeptical mind, more which surprises a lot of people. In fact, we've been accused of being too skeptical, maybe because we don't see everything that happens when we go to investigate an alleged haunting as as being a ghost. Um, a lot, I'd say, like ninety percent of the time, most of it can be explained away as house noises, um, you know, like maybe a carbon monoxide leak, too much EMF in the air, or people's just desire to have a, a haunting going on in their house um or, or just you know not being educated in, in what all this is about so most of the time it's nothing but that 10 percent of the time can be you know even five percent of the time can be enough to kind of really push you on where there's something legitimately going on um the question is is it a ghost like an actual ghost like what people think of as ghosts is it something else is it like is this crossing over with like a multiverse concept you know what i mean that's yeah. the, the answers that we're kind of looking for is what is this really and there, i mean peter leans heavily towards it being this our spirits as they pass on so um, my question is would you say you have proof because I, I deal with another paranormal investigator his name is dr michael lynch and he always comes on the show and he you know says he has proof that there's ghosts and he said he could show me proof and i, I believe him and I, I like him i actually like to have him on the show but i like to get different opinions too because like it's like you said you're skeptical so am i my name on youtube is typical skeptic and i just I want to kind of, I guess I want to know without a shadow of a doubt. It, it's like, it's good to know from someone like you who's actually experienced it. Like, what is being around a ghost feel like? What is it? What what goes on? Like, what really goes, what is it? How do you react to it? And like, what, what are the, what are the situation? I mean, can you prove that it's really a ghost? I'm sorry, that's a lot of questions, but I know. you know where I'm going with that? <laughs> 
that's fine no i, I can roll with that um can't, like we even when we like okay we're, we're doing a couple residential investigations at the moment so we're we you know which means we're going into a person's home where they're having activity and we're investigating it all we can really say even in both these cases is there's something going on there um what is it exactly we can't tell you what we ha do have i mean is the closest thing you can get really to evidence in this profession which is in one example we were in a there's a, supposed to be this activity in upstairs where the ch children are sleeping and something's pulling on their feet, right? So we were up in the hallway by one of the rooms where this is happening. When I was kind of crossing the threshold from the hallway into the bedroom, I felt nauseous for like a, a half a second as I cl cleared through the doorway. And when I backed out again, I felt it again, but the rest of the area, I felt fine. So we were sitting, we put a motion detector in one of the rooms, our REM pod, so that detects movement. And we, we were doing a EVP session and a cold spot, I was sitting, say in the middle of the hallway peter was right at one side of the doorway and our other investigator mike stewart was on the other side of the doorway and they felt the cold spot between them so, so there was a real cold spot there was real a cold spot everything around it was warm right and there was no draft none of the windows were open there's a cold spot right there and it was measurable four degrees lower than the rest of the upstairs that spot so what we did is we said well if you're if you're here could you move for us just to show, you know, some sign of you here. And that spot went up four degrees. And we were That's able to amazing. That's amazing. It's amazing. Wait, That's now, amazing. I, I want to ask you a question. Do you think, I've heard that, that, um, that, that it gets colder because the ghost is trying to like take the energy. Is that, have you ever heard of that? I've heard of that. That's a very common theory. No, no one really knows. Right. But that's kind of the hypothesis is that they're, they're pulling energy from the room. Like, well, you'll have sometimes fully charged batteries die. And the theory is they're pulling energy yeah. from the batteries, right? Because the, the, the biggest scientific explanation, I say scientific because science doesn't acknowledge it yet, is that they're the, the spirits, if they are spirits, are, are living within kind of the Earth's electromagnetic field. Like our energy as we go passes on and gets caught up in the electromagnetic field. And that's what we're interacting with. That's, that's one of the big theories about this. So if they're existing in that field, they need to pull other energy to kind of do stuff and move objects. And so we tracked this around a room. We asked it to move about the room and you could track that cold spot with our equipment around this room as it moved, like we asked it to. Wow. That's profound. That's profound. Like that's probably one of the most profound bits of what I'd call evidence that I've seen in the almost 20 years I've been doing this. And Peter said he had never really experienced anything quite like that before. That's almost profound like uh, existence of the afterlife, if, if you want to say that. And I mean, how did that make you feel about... Um, meeting your maker eventually does that make you like feel uh, a little bit calmer about it or does that raise more questions as to like what exactly happens when i pass away you know what i mean yeah yeah no I, it's I, i'm a little from column a and a little from column b on the one hand it, I, like i'm not so scared about passing over to the other side but it does raise more questions about what is that over there right like where are we going is, is it like a an alternate reality do we pass over to a dimension on top of ours is it do we just pop up in another life and you know like what i mean like if you believe in the multiverse theory that i'm not so sure of um and so that brings the question our spirits us when we die or is that like you're actually connecting with something from another dimension or or a different multiverse you know what i mean that's all the different if, theories kicking around right now i got a chance to interview the, the uh good re the researcher paul eno i'm sure you've heard of him or maybe mm -hmm. you haven't and uh, he he was him and his son Benny. You know, they're paranormal investigators, and they've they've been investigating like these things called flap areas. They call them flap areas, where you know it's like kind of like a paranormal hotspot. But they'll they'll yep. get like a 
lot of knocking on the walls. And um, he told me that he had a conversation with someone from another dimension. And he said this guy, he said like this guy from another dimension said, it's normal to talk to the so-called neighbors or the neighbors. But for us, there's like this barrier and, and there's so many barriers. It's not just the barrier that we can't see the afterlife. Um, if you think about the electromagnetic light spectrum, we only see like 5% of it. So there could be this whole other world that's beyond us with cryptids and, you know, like creatures and UFOs. And, and maybe that's where they all exist. I mean, what do you think? I, I, that to me is, is the most logical explanation for all this phenomenon that we're experiencing. And for whatever reason, Carl Sagan had a really good bit where he was talking about, we live in like a two-dimensional world. And so if you took a three-dimensional world, which could be this other world and dropped it in, you'd only see parts of it. Do you know what I mean? At, at, at certain times, depending on the angle that you look at it. And I, I look at it very much like that. So there's play, like, I know you want to touch on Skinwalker Ranch. There's a place where it seems like that reality is kind of touching more so in our world and things are able to cross back and forth more. Um, and so I, I agree. I think like that experience we had at that house is like, like, like you could say like one of the flap areas, right? Like it could have been something where we're just, we touched that other side. I mean, we had the REM pod move when there was no one there to move it, like not move, but go off. Um, and to have those two things happen, the cold spot and the, the, the REM pod happening at the same, you know, basically at the same time was a just amazing experience. Like you felt like you touched something. That's it. I think that is amazing because like, it, it really shows that there's like something, I mean, it gives me kind of, like I said, it, it, I just like how I said it, it gives me more questions than answers. Like as to what, what really is going on or who are, who is our creator? And then sometimes I think, are, are we in like a simulated reality? Because I interview people on that and like, that's a whole different, I mean, like it's, it's, it's in the realm of possibilities because the way things are, I mean, if you think about how everything breaks down with numerology and symbology and like, um, like the, the flower of life and the, all that, all that, all that stuff, like I'm not real, I'm not a master on it, but it's just all, it's all, it's all matrix type stuff, you know, mm -hmm. what I was going to say was, did you ever have any experiences with like shadow people or demons and do they really exist? I, I mean, I've seen shadows moving. Uh, the closest thing to a shadow being experience I had was actually in this house years ago. Um, I was sitting in like the downstairs rec room, listening to music. And we used to, my buddy and I used to do a radio show every Friday night on movies and stuff like that. And I was kind of waiting for him to come. I remember sitting on the floor and I just got, you know, a feeling like you're being watched. Yeah. And I turned around and I looked and there was like a, a silhouette of a person standing there looking at me and oh we locked eyes, well, locked eyes for like a second and it turned and ran like with superhuman speed. Like it was, it was gone. I remember going upstairs, like I went up and I just to my wife and I'm like, were you downstairs? Like, you know, like a minute ago. And she's like, no. I was like, oh, okay. I just kind of went back down and did my own thing. I didn't know what, I didn't that's even know what insane. to make it. Wow. I didn't know how that's... to react. Like, I was just, that's the only time I've seen anything that I could say remotely like that. Um, yeah, because I know like there's that author, Heidi Hollis. She writes about the shadow people and they say there's like shadow people in the hat man. And, you know, it's it's all real interesting. Like the only experience I have that can be somewhat similar in that realm, and it's not even really similar, but I had the old hag experience. Like, mm -hmm. I was, I'm, I, like when I was like like ten or eight or you know something years old, I can't remember. But I the reason why I remembered this is because I remembered it more recently when I got back into the paranormal. Because here's what I remember: I remember laying in bed sleeping, and then I remember you know being like half awake, half asleep and seeing this being like this old witch, like 
ugly, distorted, just disgusting person scares the shit out of you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you automatically freeze like you're paralyzed. And then she comes closer and closer. And then it felt like something was like, um, like suffocating me, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I woke up. Like it doesn't kill you. You just wake up. So I don't know if that was a dream or if that was real or, or what that was. But then I looked it up. Like, you know, when I learned later on, when I learned the life, and I learned that there was a, a syndrome, like the old hag syndrome. Have you heard of this? I've heard of it. And it's tied into the sleep paralysis, right? And it, which is a very real phenomenon. It's where you're kind of, your brain is awake, but your body's still asleep. And I mean, I, I've had variations on that myself. And I do just chalk it up to, it's terrifying. For one thing, it is absolutely terrifying. And, and I chalk it up to just it being sleep paralysis myself more than anything else. Um, and that's where some people have like alien abduction, certain alien abduction stories can be chalked up to that and everything as well. And I don't, I just, I don't discount it as being a phenomenon that happens that is scary, but I, I don't, most of the time, I don't think it's supernatural. I think it's just that being in that half awake, half asleep state and you can't move or do anything. And it's one of the worst things you can experience. I think personally. You meant, so you seem like you're more, a little bit more skeptical about the, all, all the phenomena. Are you, would you say you're more of a skeptic on everything or would you, would you yeah, say you're. I, like I, even when I met up in a, investigating a haunting and I have something happen, if the first, if I can't explain away the first experience as being, you know, rational or, or, or something else, I don't, I, and I go, okay, there's a chance that's paranormal. If something else happens, I don't just go, oh, well, that's paranormal too, because I had the first paranormal experience. I look at every in, little piece on its own terms. Um, and then I try to quantify it and try to explain it away. And then if I can't, I'll take it as being a possible paranormal event. Yeah. Right. With, with the old hag and sleep paralysis so far, I've had nothing where I could say, no, nah, no, nah, that's not just this state of, you know, brain being awake, body being asleep so far. So I don't take it as being a, a paranormal thing at all. I think it's very much just a, a, a trick of the mind and body messing with you basically in well, the worst I, I possible think me way. And you have a lot in common because I just thought about the title of your book and it's what I've been saying lately. Like, like your title of your book, I want to believe it's kind of like what I what I say. I want to believe because I'll explain. Like I kind of had an awakening in 2017 where you know like, where I was awakened to like the the I I what 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 woke me up to like the, the fact that our reality wasn't what it really thought it was was the whole story of the Anunnaki. Believe it or not, because I was always in ancient history and I mm -hmm. heard about the story of the Anunnaki and it blew me away. The fact that there was these Sumerian stories and they were saying that there was these beings called the Anunnaki and that led me down every single rabbit hole possible and that was back in 2017 mm -hmm. but when i was younger i used to listen to the art bell show so i was kind of like a paranormal dude from you know in the 80s and then i got away from it and i came back to it but um when i when i first got back into it and i started my podcast i was like i believed in everything i i would you know i put out every alien abduction story i was like this had to happen you know it's amazing and but now i'm more like you where i'm like wait a minute, I don't know what's going on, but I would like to believe, I want to believe. And I think that's an mm -hmm. amazing title for a book because we don't know anything exists for sure. We just want to believe. Right? Exactly. And that's the approach that Peter and I had. That's why we called the book that. That's why the show, because there's a group of us is called We Want to Believe. Like we do, like even Sean, who does the music and he's a co-producer, he, he he's very skeptical, but he like if you could forgive him that indisputable proof or he had an experience that he just could not explain away, he'd take a step closer to believing. And we're all kind of like that, right? Like I'm convinced there's something going on. Yeah. I don't think it's, we call it paranormal just because we don't understand it, but I think it's as natural as anything else on this planet. 
And I think it's been with us since the dawn of time. I think that's where like, you know, not to disrespect people, I think that's where religion came from or the need for religion. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's all there. We just need to make sense out of it. And we all, you know, we need to convince and the best way to get science, which I think that's the only way the public in general is going to come on board as if science does is we, we can't just come up to them with every crackpot idea. Like we have to bring them hard facts and hard data. Like yeah. I was on um, Midnight Society with Tim Wies Wiesberg. He's got a show. Um, and the guest ahead of me, it was intimidating, was Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> like wow. was, he was the guest before me. I didn't get to talk to him it was, or anything like that because I was. it's all on, you know, on radio. But at the end, because he, they were like, well, you know, we got to go on to our next desk. And he says, you know, I've, I've, which is apparently the guy said he's a paranormal investigator, you know. And Neil deGrasse Tyson's like, oh, man. He's like, you know. I wish we could have talked more about the paranormal, which was odd for us to hear from someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson. But he was like, he's like, I'm, he's glad there's people who are interested, who are investigators, because so far on earth, they've pretty much figured everything out. And he just would love it if someone could bring something forward they hadn't figured out yet, put it on the table and say, okay, here's some proof. Let's look at this now. Well, here's what I, I thought think. was awesome. Yeah. And I think that is awesome because some, right, being recognized from someone like Kim, whereas someone like Elon Musk, he doesn't even give a shit. Like, He's planning on going to Mars. I heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he's so conceited. I don't want to say, I don't know. I don't, He could be a good dude. But he just said, Joe Rogan was like, Joe Rogan's really into UFOs, if you yeah. haven't noticed. And he really believes it because the government said UFOs exist. But I mean, Joe's like, Joe says to Elon Musk, he says, what are you going to do if you go to Mars and you see aliens? And he's like, well, I didn't, I, that's not, wasn't in the plans. I'll have to do something. You know, he just kind of mm -hmm. brushes it off nonchalantly. I think either he knows something or, um, you know, he's not really thinking about it because where I was going with that is like, I think UFOs and um, maybe alien abduction. I mean, I, I think there definitely have been some alien abduction cases. I can't prove them, you know, but I mean, I got to interview Calvin Parker, the Pascagoula abduction, and that was, that seemed like it was pretty real. And Travis Walton's story seems pretty real too. I'm sure. Are you familiar with those two guys? Oh, of course. Story? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, even like, though that someone came out and said it was a hoax earlier in the year, you know what I mean? But I think there's something to, and I'm like you, like I can't discount alien abduction stories the same way I can't discount Bigfoot because enough people are experiencing something, right? What there's are your thoughts on Bigfoot and cryptids? Like dog, man, what do you, I would like to know, love to know what you hear about dog. Cause if you're skeptical, I'd love to know your thoughts on dog, man and Bigfoot. Well, I, we, we did a couple episodes if we want to believe where we went squatching, we went looking for Bigfoot and we had some, we, we had some wood knocks and we did a, you know, a spirit box session in the middle of the wood and picked up some disembodied voice voices. We didn't so much find a Bigfoot, but we, we had that experience of the wood knocks. Right. So I think there's where I live too is right smack dab in the middle of Bigfoot central, like in, in British Columbia, like they're all around yeah. people have had sightings around me. So I, I think there's something there. Sure. It's dog man. I think is like a riff on that. Like it's a variation. Um, you think they could I be don't just, just like species that are like rare, you know, Yeah, maybe, they, maybe they are. I, I, I mean, there's there's people that have the, the, the Bigfoot UFO connection and, and I know aboriginals believe he's like a, a spirit of the woods. I, I don't like to explain an unknown with another unknown. So I go, if, if Bigfoot exists, it's a flesh and blood creature of a smaller population living in these dense woods. And uh, given that's their environment, they're really good at hiding from us. Cause if you look at how people are, they probably don't want anything to do with us. You know what I mean? Yeah, Unless, People are insane. <laughs> people are insane. And if they saw one, they try to kill him. Right. So, and they know that, I think they wisely know that. And I think dog man's the same kind of concept. And I think when we do encounter them, it's by pure fluke or they choose to. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I was just thinking about this. Like, we are a crazy society. And I don't mean to change the subject, but if you think about it, because this goes back into kind of like the alien thing. If you if you listen to a lot of like the alien contact stories, that they'll say that the aliens told them to get rid of our nuclear weapons. Well, that's a smart thing to do because we are kind of insane for having nuclear weapons. I mean, I think we've evolved to a point where we don't need to nuke each other as a country. So I think there are some good messages that come along with alien abduction stories. Like they say, mm-hmm. clean up the planet. You know, that's a good thing. I mean, we, we're, look what we, we're, we're, we're doing, we're littering all over the place. I mean, you know, they, they have no regard for like, you know, like re- well, some people do. I can't say, <laughs> I can't say that. I can't, I can't speak for the whole world. I think, but just like the amount of plastic that we put in the oceans and stuff like oh, yeah. that. It's, 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 it's like, so what are your thoughts on like the, the, the contactee uh, alien UFO contactee thing? Like, do you think there's anything to it or do you think it's just good messages? I think it's tough. Like, you know, cause I, I've read quite like, like some John Keel, right? Like the whole Mothman bit. Oh, yeah, and, I love John Keel. John, yeah. he's, he's great. So, I mean, like, you know, I'm not, I haven't had that experience, so I can't really say yay or nay. I mean, again, there's enough people having these experiences that they can't all be fruitcakes. You know what I mean? Like there's gotta yeah. be something to it. And Keel was a very respected man. He approached it as a journalist, right? And and he, you know, so I, I've, I've read Mothman prophecies and I love his ideas of like, you know, the um, ultra terrestrials and how all that works, you know, and they could tie and then injured cold into all that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, and I think if you look at the multiverse concept and these being beings from just a different reality popping into ours, it makes perfect sense right was, like could, would you say that kill was the first one to say that the multiverse concept or like- oh for sure you know at, at least in terms of anyone that really put it out there in terms of public consumption right? double a too or what were they doing it at the same time they were doing it obviously at the same time pretty close to the same time right because it was what the 60s i think yeah yeah, yeah. kill was going to west virginia i interviewed a guy on the mothman and like And do you have the same opinion on winged humanoids and Mothman? It's possibly something that could exist, like, you know, like just more skeptical about it? Or do you think there's like sightings of it? Well, there are sightings. I like, I kind of wonder, I was talking with um, Ken Gerhardt, who's a cryptozoologist out of San Antonio, and he's been on various television programs. He's a cool guy. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's awesome. And we kind of talked a little bit about that. And he like, if it's real, he he figures, and I kind of agree with him that it's something more. So it's metaphysical, and so it's almost born out of our consciousness. Almost, you know what I mean? Oh wow! But, like a, like a, um, what do they call that? Um, a tulpa? Is yeah, a tulpa. Right like word? it's all because people are actually seeing Slenderman now, right? And that was an internet creepypasta. Yeah. It's almost like so many people believe it. It's it's been manifested into something. Um. So, I mean, that could be, that could be what Mothman is as well, or, or we're just interpreting something in a certain way. The one concept I liked, I think it was Keel that brought it up, is that because, and maybe Paul Dino too, because he talked a lot about like the Sumerians and them coming from a different dimension, et cetera, and the, these craft being seen throughout time, is that like, when you think, of, and it's, this is the example I like to give, like in Egypt, they saw chariots of the gods, chariots that flew. And in Victorian times, they saw like these airships, Zeppelin airships. And now we're seeing things that look like stealth bombers. So it's almost like this phenomenon is adapting itself to the culture of that time. So it's more easily understandable. So is it, do you think that's the, them doing that to our consciousness because the, the rate of our evolution? Or do you think that's our consciousness projecting it in it, its own tulpa to ourself? You know, that's, that's, a, that's a two, 
That's a it's a million dollar point. question, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting though, right? That's that's it interesting. Is. Like and Keel kind of said in, in Mothman prophecies, it, it presents itself to us in a way that we can understand it. Yeah. So it is right? them, so maybe, maybe that it's it, maybe it's it, them changing things so that we can make sense out of it. Because it's obviously it's, if it's real, it's something that's so out there our brain probably couldn't even fathom it, right? Like it's almost like they say, like if you if you believe in a creator, like I talked to a guy the other day and he said um, I, I can't remember the 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 the, the, the what he. Sorry, I don't mean to. The way he explained it is, he's like, we, we can never even fathom the creator. It's not like a guy in he, in it's in heaven or whatever people say. It has a gold green, you know, gray hair and a and a staff or something, or you know, like he's sitting on a throne. Like it's more like a, a source of consciousness that's, you know, maybe broke off and to other pieces of consciousness what are us experiencing its experience excuse me experiencing itself you know um and i i, I like that I, that theory that we're mm-hmm. that we're parts of the source or god or you know experiencing consciousness of itself but i'm i wanted to tell you this too like i i, I heard about your father you said you were night i listened to you on another podcast mm-hmm. you said you were 19 when your father passed away I, yes. and he was 56 i was 21 when my father passed away, my father had cancer. And I, I wanted to ask you if you ever got a message from your father, because I, I, that, that was one of the things in my life that made me skeptical about the paranormal, because I don't feel like I got a clear message from my dad. That he was somewhere like, um, I did dream about him a couple of times after he died. I dreamt, and I don't know if that was just my consciousness reacting to the trauma of seeing my dad die of cancer or if he was trying to reach out to me to say if he was okay what was your experience being that you had a young you mean you were basically in similar yeah yeah no and and sorry to hear about that too i mean when that happens to you it changes your whole world your whole perception of life completely changes right yeah so i know i never had the closest thing i had to any real experience like i ended up taking over the house um, that he had built for my mom and I, and I grew up in um, when my mom moved out and she didn't want to sell the house and I needed a place to live. So I moved in and took it over. And he had a workshop downstairs. And I know when people would come over and they'd go downstairs and be in that workshop, they felt something, right? And it could just be knowing that he had been there and that was a huge part of his love. He was a builder and he built this house, you know, out of love. Um, I Once I, I could have sworn I heard footsteps leave like i ended up sleeping in the master bedroom that was my parents room there was an ensuite and i i could have sworn but again i was kind of in bed so i might have been dozing a bit footsteps come out of the ensuite go by the end of the bed and down the hall i remember it was enough that i got up and ran to the hallway and turned on the light and by then the steps had receded but they sound like they'd gone downstairs to his yeah. workshop that's pretty um, amazing you know what i can i can relay with you i i can't i can't say that i haven't had anything because when, when my dad died obviously i was young like i said i was 21 but like you know, but I, my grandmother was still alive and, you know, he, that's where he grew up, my dad. So if I ever had, you know, I would always go to my grandmother's. I was really close with her and I, I would always go there. And if I if lay on the couch, I felt like a part of him was there. That was a mm-hmm. time where I did feel like I didn't feel like he was con. I didn't, see, that's the thing. I didn't feel like I was being contacted or I didn't feel like he was leaving me any signs, but I just felt like. I felt like love, like there was a part of him yeah. there that like, you know, that felt comfort. And like I said, now, I don't know if that's from the consciousness of, uh, of, uh, you know, him being there and just the love that was in that house over the years, or if, um, 
you know, uh, that was him, you know, being there because that was where he felt comfortable when he turned into a spirit, you know, mm -hmm. and these are my questions because I'm on this ultimate quest to find out what happens when we pass away. And trust me, I've interviewed like everybody, like on NDEs. I interviewed the, the president of the, the founder of the outofbodytravel.org. I interviewed someone from the Robert Monroe Institute, like on near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences. And they all assure me that like, you know, consciousness continues after death. But I just want to, I just wish I could know. And I, I, I almost had, I had a, I had an out-of-body experience. It was like very quick. Okay. Like I, I was here at my desk. I was listening to Hemi Sync binaural beats, which are, um, you know, that's what Robert Monroe said that you could use to go out of body. And I've been trying to go out of body to, to prove this quest that I've gone, you know, <laughs> but, mm -hmm. I'm sure. And uh, I went out of body for like a second and I saw myself down and I got scared and I came back in, you know, and then I, then I, I opened my eyes. So I don't know if that was like a, completely a dreamer if I was completely out of body but one thing I can say is that when you're doing this out of body stuff like your body starts vibrating at a very high rate like you, yeah. you start like moving like so I could there was a good possibility I've been out of body so I know that was a lot to take in but <laughs> so I don't know what you think about my quest for after death experience but um do you have anything similar like you search for this consciousness that yeah, like, and that's the, I mean, that's one of the things, right? Like, I mean, I, we all want to know what happens when we die. Uh, you know, we want to, yeah. do we get reunited with our loved ones? And I think, you know, right now, like Peter and I are writing a book on near-death experiences. So we're doing deep dive into a lot of that material as well. And I mean, I, I'm sure, no, I, I, I do know that there's something, we go somewhere after, right? Kind of like I said earlier that, and I, and I think it's, everything is okay when we go there. You know what I mean? I, I think it's, it's death isn't something that we need to be our our western culture is so scared shitless of the thought of dying yeah right and i and i don't think that's justified i don't think we should be i mean because it conscious does continue the, the problem is is that when we're alive we don't remember anything that happened before you know what i mean and, yeah and yeah no one who dies seems to really be able to come back walk through the front door of your house and go you know what everything's fine yeah, you know I know. I mean? It's like, like there's like this rule, we, like we can't tell you what happens when you die. You gotta find out. It, 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 yeah. it, if you think about this, is that the um, is that the test of faith from God? Not, and I'm not even bringing a religious aspect into it. I'm just saying, is that yeah. you know, because they say that in like in in religion. And I'm not religious anymore. I I was raised Catholic, but I I I I, I got away from that stuff because like I realized religion was man made. I you know I'm sure you know how I feel about it, but I mean like. I, I I'm spirit more spiritual and I believe there's a creator and I was thinking maybe is that the test of like of the creator to um of some kind of faith or something I I don't know what do you think oh did I cut out yeah you did just for a second but no I I heard I heard your question um oh. and I, I agree I think like I I was talking with a gentleman like I've, I've been exploring a lot more spiritual stuff lately myself too and these experiences that we had, like you, like you said, your out of body experience, um, or or even the, the the feeling of your dad's love when you were laying on that couch. He, he's basically saying that he told me, and I agree, all that is real. You know what I mean? Like that's all actually happening to you. Um, and it's it's just if as long as you kind of can embrace that concept of it, that you you know, then it is it's true. Like it's I'm not doing a very good job of explaining, but basically all these sort of weird experiences that we have are real and they're just you tapping into that spiritual side of yourself and that other reality that's going on 
yeah, if that makes sense. To, to, to kind of get away from the, I think I, I get what you're saying, like to get away from the the material world, right? And, and yes. connect more with the spiritual world. Now, I wanted to ask you, I don't know how deep you got into NDEs, but I've interviewed people a lot on NDEs. Did you ever hear of the Pam Reynolds case? And it doesn't have to be her case in general, but these cases where these people were considered completely brain dead and they were floating above and they, they can they can name stuff that's on the light. They can name stuff that the doctor, they can name the stuff that the doctors were talking about during, you know, and they were completely brain dead. That's what makes me think that, you know, the near death experiences are really what drives it home for me sometimes. When I, I guess I'm 50 50 on it. Sometimes I feel like I'm more of a, you know, like I'm, I think we're all like that. We're all, we're all questioning. But when I, when I want to believe, like your book, like I want to, mm-hmm. when I want to believe, I go to near-death experiences because they really are like they really drive it home for like proof you know and and have you guys got into that at all or you said you did a little bit right we've started to yeah like i've interviewed various people i haven't got to the experiencers yet but i've, I've interviewed a gal um who was a researcher and she researched 2500 different cases of near-death experience ranging from a couple of minutes to upwards of 20 hours dead and these people all came back and they all reported their each experience was subjective but they all reported enough similarities that there's that's as close as we're going to get to kind of proof about this phenomenon right like yeah so i i agree and it all sounds like you know they all have see so have a light experience their loved ones are there when they pass um they can communicate without talking time ceases to have meaning um, and you could even drop, go, come, kind of come back to your life experience and plug into different portions of it at different times. And I mean, there's enough of them that it's, yeah, that, that's got to be, again, like it's, that's my hope is that that's what happens. when Me too. I, I can agree. I concur. That, you know, I've got a lot of faith in that, that being the experience, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so but I'm not um, in a hurry to find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you could tell the audience like about the book, I want to believe like, you know, like, you don't have to go completely you know into but like so they get a good idea so they want to buy it like uh the different chapters and what all you explore in it and stuff like that sure do you want like the both of them the first book and the second book or or just yeah, the more recent I want one or books. like so i, I can just do, want to get both. An idea i can do either or <laughs> yeah do you, the first one sure. the, i want to believe oh, like yeah first one i want to believe one man's journey into the paranormal um is basically peter wren's story he and he's been in he grew up in england he's been a paranormal investigator for 30 years um and he's kind of you know investigated all over like the uk the united kingdom down in australia here in north america and we just sort of touch on his life and and his different theories about the paranormal and a few of his cases of they're the, the most interest probably to readers That's and pretty cool. uh it was, it was it's neat it's a really neat thing it's very candid um you know, in one of the, because Peter is also uh, an investigator for an ordained exorcist out of Washington State. Now, Peter doesn't believe, he's not religious either, so he doesn't believe in demons, like what religion presents it as. And he's been doing it for 10 years, and he's had like a handful of, one case in particular that he thought could have been going that way where they might need to have an exorcism. So we detail that in one of the books. Um, and talk about the, the possession experience, if it's real and the signs of it, etc. 
another well, what, chapter. I was going to say, what do you think these possession cases are? Because like a lot of these times, these people can speak Aramaic, or are these being made up, or, or what's going on with that? Well, no, and, and that was like in this book. That's one thing that Peter talks about is so often, like most of them, can be chalked up to like mental health issues, like addiction, you know, addictions issues. Yeah. Um, or people wanting to be possessed for some reason, like wanting that experience. But in this case, it was like, it was that kind of thing where the, this girl was having these experiences. Her personality was changing. She would write, like you say, in Aramaic, whereas most people in pop culture, it's Latin because it's Catholicism, yeah. but it's not. It's the original language of God is Aramaic. And so that's kind of what made him think there's a little more to it. And he could actually see her personality changing as this investigation went on. So it's a fascinating chapter. That's um, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, that people should get the book based on that alone. That that sounds awesome. And, and I don't want to spoil how that chapter ends. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It also throws up a lot of questions about, well, was that even real or not? Right. But I like that's what I liked about the experience. And then um, what about your touch second on every, book? Everything that we believe oh, or sorry. don't believe about Monarch. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. The second book uh, is I want to believe in investigators archive. And we have a delay. No, that's fine. Um, the second one, we talked to 22 different paranormal investigators. Pardon me? We have a delay. I don't know why. We have a delay. Yeah, we do have a delay. I'm sorry. It's, it's just going to come out oh. bad. It's not me. I, I don't mean to be cutting you off. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I, I noticed that it kind of gummed up a bit. Um, I'll start that bit over for you. Um, I want to believe an investigator's archive is uh, we, we talked to 22 different paranormal investigators ranging from cryptozoologists to traditional investigators to filmmakers. And we kind of tell their store individual stories in an abridged way and kind of their, their biggest cases that they worked on or most profound experiences. And like Ken Gearhard, we talk, he's a chapter in there on him. Uh, Seth Breedlove, we talked to, of course, is with small town monsters, the documentary yeah, filmmaker. That's awesome. Um, he's a great guy. Uh, Paul Bradford, who was on ghost, ghost adventure, ghost hunters international. I talked to him and then Kieran O'Keefe, who's like a parapsychologist from the United Kingdom. He's one of the more renowned people in the field. He treats it very scientifically, plus other people that Peter's worked with and I've worked with. And it, so it's just a collection of those stories and those people's lives and experiences, which is a lot of fun to write. Wow, that sounds awesome. That sounds amazing, man. That sounds like a book that people have to get. That, 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 I, I think I'm going to get that myself. Like that's Because I'd love to hear all these different people's perspectives on the paranormal because if the, I think we're all searching. You know, to sum up the our mm -hmm. conversation, I think we're all searching, and when we can come together like this and try to form answers or ex at least exchange ideas, maybe we get a little bit further. You know, I agree. Sorry, I just took a swig of water; my throat was getting dry. I agree, yeah. and this is the only way. And this is why shows like yours are great because it is an opportunity to talk to people. Especially, I, I appreciate about yourself is that like, I've been on shows where people. So, oh, it's demons, ghosts, you know what I mean? It's all true and blah, blah, blah. So it's refreshing to be interviewed by someone who's skeptical about it as well, like, like I am, right? It's not that we're not believers. We just want that hard evidence. Exactly. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. And, and I think that's been, which I think is great. People need to approach it more that way, um, I think, than just try just to tell scary stories. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or, or, or kind of keep pop culture mythology going. Like, you got to look at it from a more serious standpoint. Yeah, and and, and like it, I think I, I couldn't agree more. That's that was so such well said. And um, to end like this, can you just tell everybody where to find you, where to find the books, your website, all that stuff? Like, 
Yeah. Um, well, the Paranormal Network's on YouTube, and it's uh, it's if you search out the Paranormal Network, it's the one with the white PN on the black background, um, and that's where we have a whole bunch of shows that I think appeal to all different realms of the paranormal. And we all like like what Robert and I have talked about. We all of them take it in a very serious manner. Um, it's not just just you know popcorn. It's we, we treat it very seriously, um, and we want to believe can be found there. The two books are available on Amazon in both, you know, Amazon.ca and Amazon.com. And then um, on Facebook, uh, we have Canadian Paranormal Foundation, which is the group Peter and I formed. And you can also follow on, on Facebook. Uh, we want to believe the, the series and uh, the Paranormal Network as well, which can be found at Paranormal Headquarters. And then I'm on Twitter, not Twitter, I quit Twitter. <laughs> I'm on Instagram, jhewlett 72 well, this was awesome, and I, I really want to say it was really nice to meet you, and I really appreciate you doing this. I had a great chat. This was awesome. Thank you so much. I, I did, too. I really enjoyed it, and I, anytime you want me to come back and talk more, I, I, can, I can talk for hours about this kind of stuff. So. Me, too. Well, thank you. Have a good night.